0: Welcome to Home Design Chat with Nancy. Are you remodeling or building your dream home? We will chat about everything from the ceilings to the floors and everything in between. So if you have any questions about anything that we have talked about, please don't hesitate to email me at nancy at nancyhugo.com. And this podcast is being brought to you by Premier Lighting. Well, today we have Nick Martin, who is a stone specialist with Durango Stone. And Durango Stone is headquartered in Scottsdale. We're going to ask Nick a lot of questions about stone, and I hope you can get a lot of this um, on paper because he is full of information. So if you're wanting to use any stone products, you want to know what he's going to talk about. Nick, thank you so much for stopping by.
1: Thanks for having me, Nancy. It's great to be here.
0: Okay. Well, first of all, I want to ask you what products Durango Stone does produce.
1: We produce marble, limestone, and travertine from Mexico.
0: And what is the difference between marble and travertine and limestone, especially limestone and travertine? I know that's confusing for some people.
1: Well, they're all sedimentary stones, but the uh, the geology and the makeup of them is a little bit different. Visually speaking, marble tends to have veins. Uh, limestone tends to have shells, and travertine tends to have holes, whether filled or unfilled.
0: Well, that's an elementary uh, example of mm-hmm. each one of them. It's simple to remember. So if people are walking into a uh, stone showroom, they should know immediately what they're looking at. Pretty right? close.
1: That's, that's or great. Or
0: they will know by the time uh, we finish talking. They'll know a little bit more. Hopefully so. Right. So um, as far as the limestone Tell me the hardnesses about limestone. Is that the the softest of the three? Is Actually, that-
1: it's the probably the softest and the hardest. It, it operates in all different ranges of hardness. So there are limestones such as our Perle Blanc limestone or Cortez limestone. Those are the hardest stones that we manufacture. They take the longest. The machines work a little extra hard uh, to create a honed or a polished surface, as opposed to some of the softer materials in a uh, in a travertine uh, that might be um, uh, in a beige that's a little bit softer than say like a hard dense gray stone some of the minerals as they get darker are harder that's an indicator of hardness sometimes so um, as far as a, a machine tuning uh, we have to as we're processing each block of stone um, change the, the the flow rate through the factory at which a, a travertine would move through versus maybe a hard limestone
0: oh you're getting technical mm-hmm. Um, I want to go back to the limestone real quick. I do like the look of limestone, but typically does it always come in the brown tones or can you get a limestone in the gray tones?
1: Actually, both of our limestones, our our primary limestone line is uh, either a dark gray or a light gray. Our Perle Blanc is a very light gray with small shells in it. And our our Cortez limestone is more of a steel gray, a little little bit darker, and uh, has larger shells that are crystallized.
0: Well, I like that. So, should we use the limestone on vertical surfaces like, uh, oh, shower walls, or Definitely. can we use them on floors as well? Both are great. Oh, that—that's my favorite color is the gray tone. Mm-hmm. So I'm glad about that. Now, the marble, mm-hmm. uh, you're quarrying marble. So obviously we failed to mention that your quarries are all located in Mexico, Correct. So you're quarrying Mexican marble. Correct. What colors do they come in?
1: Uh, Primarily we've got some charcoal and black tones right now, and we're opening some new pockets of stone uh, that we've not yet launched in the United States, but we're still quarrying and checking blocks and identifying the, the true color range. Right now our marble lines are limited to more of a charcoal tone and a black tone, both with white veins running through. And they're, they're available in tile, they're available in slab.
0: So the slabs we can use for kitchen countertops, possibly? Um,
1: you could. You'd want to keep them very well sealed. They're a little softer than a granite or a, or, or a hard quartzite um, or an engineered stone. But uh, they do make a beautiful kitchen countertop, and they just require that you keep them up with some sealer uh, to keep things from sticking to the surface. And then the sealer enhancers also help fill in the little micro uh, micro scratches that happen from time to time.
0: But what about shower walls? Can I use the black marble for the shower walls?
1: Definitely. Um, As far as maintenance on that, you're going to notice if you're not careful, you might have a little bit of water spot. Uh, uh, starting to build up if you don't have a water softening system on your home and if you don't keep it sealed you'll start to notice maybe a little bit of water spotting Um, but if you do keep the material sealed periodically uh, a lot of people like to use a squeegee as well just to keep it clean that will keep the marble nice and bright regardless if it's a honed material or a polished material you just want to keep a little bit of a surface sealer on there that keeps the mineral build up to a minimum.
0: Okay and then quickly we'll go into the travertine. So How do we know that we're looking at travertine and not limestone? There's no shells?
1: Um, There sometimes are shells in travertine, though they're not typical you you don't spot them right away travertine is more or less usually a beige tone material and it usually has holes in the surface Um, though there are some very dense travertines some blocks of stone that uh, that we process where the holes are very very minimal and when we use a resin filler you just don't notice them at all so you might think that you're looking at a marble or a limestone just depending on the color range
0: yeah so you think that after you filled it and i've seen this where it looks like part of the stone that was quarried so stay away from I would suggest people stay away from the travertine that has these huge holes and you can obviously see that somebody filled them and it looks terrible
1: yeah that's a it's a definitely a an aesthetic uh, attribute that some people prefer to not have though uh, on certain projects it does uh, maybe give a a feeling of being in maybe a more rustic uh, town that that doesn't have high polished marbles and and limestones so uh, rustic travertine that has large holes and large voids reminds people of places in Italy and places in Mexico that they've visited so there is a place for it Um, most of the time the open voids you're going to find in outdoor applications uh, especially in sunny areas where the heat on the ground uh, would be too intense on a concrete um, or, or another another surface. Also, oh,
0: travertine
1: doesn't hold the heat like a concrete? It, it, it's like Swiss cheese with those holes, and it, and it helps to uh, make the stone breathe, and it stays much cooler. So yeah. the light-colored travertines particularly uh, tend to be cooler than any other surface you're going to put down, even compared to the roll-on um, uh, pool deck uh, paints and so forth that are supposed to keep the surface cool. Yeah. Travertine helps move the heat because it's got those large open voids.
0: Now, I did do a fireplace. It was a vertical surface, and I believe I used travertine with crystal in the openings. Very common. Which really gave the fireplace a beautiful look. Mm-hmm. So you wouldn't want to fill any of that. Matter of fact, I was looking for each, each piece that I picked Had to have a lot of the openings with a lot of crystal, and it's just gorgeous to look at.
1: We have a quarry like that we opened just this year called Omez, and it has a lot of crystals. It looks like jewelry when you put it on a wall. Oh, that's why I like it. Yeah, it sparkles (laughs) with the right light.
0: Uh, So, you know, the the people are not aware of uh, Durango Stone because you don't sell direct to the consumer. Correct. Correct. But you do have how many quarries in Mexico?
1: You know, it's it's um, it's always a moving number. Uh, quarries open and close throughout the years. So. How about 10 plus? Uh, 10 plus is a pretty yeah. good number.
0: And you guys have done videos, of which I have one on my website. If you are lucky enough to view these videos, you will actually see a block of of travertine or a huge block. How much do these weigh?
1: Um, If you're in the video, you're referring to the wall that we dropped down. It's called a monolith, and that is several million pounds. Um, That's in one of our quarries uh, in Veracruz. And when that wall comes down, which is uh, around a couple hundred feet tall, it breaks into very, very large blocks. And the, the blocks themselves can range in uh, the size from a Volkswagen Bug to the size of a semi-tractor trailer.
0: Amazing to watch this video. So then they take this block uh, very um, carefully, I guess, and put it on a flatbed, and that's when you drive it to your... Processing plant.
1: To our factories, yeah, we have we have some factories in Durango, Mexico. Hence, Durango Stone is our name. And we take those large blocks of stone, and you can kind of consider them to be like a large loaf of bread, very heavy loaf of bread. And we a put them huge in a gang saw, huge loaf of bread, and we cut them into bread slices that we call slabs. And slabs then turn into a number of different products. So we would typically cut them into sheets uh, or slabs that are about an inch and a quarter thick. And they're roughly, Which is,
0: um, you know, in the industry, we say that's uh, 3CM.
1: 3CM, yep. And we, we take those. They're usually around 6 to 9 feet long and between 4 and 6 feet tall. And we take those slabs and cut them then into billets to make tiles, or we, we just keep them as slabs and we ship them to vendors all
0: around the country, well, all around the typically when you go shopping for a slab for your kitchen or if you want a travertine slab, I've never seen a slab several feet high by several... I mean, what's the average size? You don't just take one of those slices like bread.
1: We'd like to say that it would be 2 meters tall by 3 meters long would be an ideal size. And
0: in feet, that would be... Uh,
1: Around 6 feet tall by 9 feet long would be ideal. Um, However, uh, these are all made by... By God and by the earth. So we don't really have a, a way to predict what's going to come out continually other than if we cut, if we drill and wire saw the blocks out, which is how we actually quarry, rather than using blasting caps and dynamite, which fracture the stone. That allows us to pull out larger sheets of stone without fractures.
0: Boy, that's a lot of information in your head.
1: Yeah, <laughs> taken a few years to, to get there.
0: Okay, so back to my question. When they're taking this big monolith and they cut it in slices – one slice is bigger than a couple of feet by a couple of feet correct right? so have, how many slabs do you get out of one slice one, out of
1: one out of one uh, block we might get uh, three or four bundles, and each bundle. Uh, is going to have around seven slabs per bundle, and we're going to get somewhere between maybe three and four bundles, so maybe between 21 and, say, 30 slabs per per block of stone. Okay,
0: so now we're going to get technical. Mm -hmm. So each slab is numbered, right? Correct. Okay, so when people are looking for slabs, they should know that they should pick... Slabs that are sequential.
1: Yeah, consecutive numbers are usually best if you've got a large project and you, you have to worry about seams. If you're looking at bathroom projects, most often you're looking at maybe a single bowl or double bowl vanity that's maybe between five and ten feet long. You might have one seam, but maybe one uh, one slab is enough to just cut a, a twenty-four inch wide or a twenty-two right, so inch wide So you can piece. use one
0: slab, yeah. and, and cut it, Correct. piece it normally in the center. Correct. Okay, but you wouldn't want to take. One slave, especially if somebody has they're running a special, you know, and they tell <laughs> you you can get these slabs for half price.
1: Special for them, not yeah, for you.
0: Because there's no color match. Correct. And so, yeah, you could probably save money, but you know the old saying, you get what you pay for. You get what
1: you pay for. And usually if you're just a couple slabs off, the color range could have changed just enough that you're going to notice it at the seam. So unless the seam is really well hidden, like in the corner, underneath some cabinets. Uh, and maybe Well, a lot of times something... we put
0: it by the sink Correct. because you're only seeing a two-inch or a four-inch seam in the front and then a four-inch seam in the back. Correct. That's probably the most ideal place to put a seam if you generally need Generally
1: speaking, yeah, yeah, generally speaking.
0: So um, I think right now we've got to take a breather because you have given me so much information to think about. I'm My mind is spinning. So That's great. Let's, let's talk about lighting. I know lighting. we're going to go from slabs to lighting because uh, we have a sponsor, Premier Lighting, and they like me to talk about them in the middle of our conversation. So now that we're getting closer to Christmas because today is... December 10th already. Oh, my God, I can't believe it. Um, If everybody's getting ready to put their Christmas lights on and you need a couple of extra lights outside or you need some lights inside to make your house more festive, I would suggest that you go to shoppremiere.com. That's their website. They have amazing fixtures. They also have trained lighting consultants that would help you uh, maybe... Make your house a little more up to date You might want to change your light bulbs Whatever, you should try calling them Their phone number is right on their website If you live outside of the Arizona area They do ship But give them a call Find out what you can do That will be a little different for the holidays Now back to Nick I think now that I've digested How you quarry stone Let's ask about The maintenance of all this how would I maintain my travertine if it was on the floor and I had tons of people walking on it?
1: Well, that is a great question. Uh, and actually, that's probably the greatest thing about travertine specifically. The the light color tones, uh, when you pair the the stone with a honed finish, That's generally about the easiest interior finish to take care of. Uh, Tumbled as well. We we also uh, make a tumbled series where we take the same stone, we run it through a rock tumbler and distress it, and give it about 200 years of an aged look within a couple of hours.
0: You know, anything distressed is easy to take care of, including furniture. So I have used the uh, tumbled stone a lot. I've used it a lot in my Tuscan designs. Correct. Um, Not as much in contemporary, Nick. Sure. So, what would I do in contemporary? So,
1: for for contemporary, typically honed tiles or polished. Uh, polished is is an option that is probably a little little uh, less. In, in fashion right now, it's a little harder to maintain. Uh, when you have a polished floor, you do have to worry about small scratches. So if you have, well, an- also slipping. Yeah, slipping can be a little bit of an issue. So when you're walking around in socks and you're on a polished floor, it can be a little bit of a or slip hazard. If you spill
0: hazard. water on the floor,
1: correct? Yeah. So honed, honed is a good way to go, and and that is a similar fit and finish to a polished. It just doesn't have the shine on top of it. And what that does is it it helps to hide little blemishes in the surface. And if you take just a little little. little bit of care with with sealers uh, maybe a couple times a year when you're done sweeping your floor or mopping your floor you put down a sealer that's going to soak into the surface. It's going to repel other oils and moisture uh, from penetrating the surface and sitting in there and discoloring the surface of the tile. And then if it's an enhancer, it's also going to fill in some of the little micro-scratches or even some of the slightly deeper scratches that you get from a, a piece of furniture or a chair sliding on top of it. So travertine in, in a honed finish is probably the most um, easy floor to, to care for.
0: Okay, so the tumblestone has jagged edges And that's to make it look old. But Mm -hmm. in our contemporary setting, Mm -hmm. our travertine would typically have a rectified edge. Correct. Which then you have tight grout lines. Correct. Oh, I like that look already. Yeah. And obviously, you'd want to pick a travertine that doesn't have any holes. Mm -hmm. Is there such an animal?
1: Yeah, so travertine by nature, um, we spoke a little bit about it. It looks a little bit like Swiss cheese when you take it out of its raw element. Um, It's just an open, void, raw stone. And then when we hone it, those holes are still open until we apply fillers. And we make two different types of fillers. We make a resin filler, which is color blended to the the body color of the stone. So you you don't notice the holes so much when you look at it. At it. That resin soaks into the surface, and because it is resin, it also helps repel light oils and moisture from penetrating the surface and discoloring the, the resin or the hole itself. We also have a cement fill that we, we granulate the stone itself, so the, the true body color of the stone is uh, is smashed down into small particles, and that's added to cement.
0: Is that a technical term, smashed smash down? Smashed
1: down. That's about as easy as I can make it. Okay. So we just crush it down to, to a very small particle size, and we blend that in with cement to color the cement. Cement is usually just a light gray Gray color, and uh, we fill the stone with that. And the reason we do it was for exterior environment. Resin does not like to be outside in the heat and the strong UV. And over a given period of time, as the stone heats and cools, the the resin breaks the bond with the stone. So you start noticing the resin starting to to curl out of the face of the stone. In some cases, uh, so in the in the California or the Arizona heat, it's more common to see a cement filled material.
0: So when outside. you put the travertine outside with the cement fill, do you still use a sealer, or is it unsealed outside?
1: Um, if you use a sealer, you're going to notice that it's probably a little little bit more fresh-out-of-the-box look. Um, I like to answer this question. The wear and tear is, is very similar to your driveway at home most people don't sweep the driveway or seal their driveway so that being said if you don't seal your travertine it's going to it's going to look the same way it's going to have a few little, a little scratches more a little more rugged but most people don't usually take the time and effort to sweep and clean it outside and most sealers don't don't hold up to the exterior environment so the heat and the strong uv break down the chemicals in the sealer so you sort of end up sealing it and then after a very short amount of time the sealer is not really useful so the the great thing about travertine again is it's uh, fairly easy to manipulate if you do get a spill some wine on top of it and you get a little bit of a spot there one of a couple options are possible leave it there and let the sun just bleach it out over time
0: or lap it up if you don't want to waste the wine or
1: or lap it up yeah that's definitely an option or switch to white wine that's all. Always a yeah, good option as good well. One. Yeah, red wine, white wine. So good.
0: red wine will stain. Will it stain uh, travertine? If you seal the travertine, it happens to be in your kitchen.
1: Um, if if you get it up right away, you shouldn't have any problem with it. If you spill it and then you go off to the movies and go shopping for the day, you're probably going to have a little bit of a red spot left on top of the travertine. Another
0: reason to switch to white wine. White
1: wine. We're we're here promoting white wine today. Yeah, <laughs> right.
0: <laughs> okay, so. But I asked you before, is there a travertine with no holes? Or when you quarry it, it always has holes?
1: By definition, uh, travertine would have holes. We will run into blocks from time to time. That have very, very small holes on the surface and would qualify as limestone, so they would they would be more in line with like a Texas limestone. People are familiar with that, where it has some pock marking in the surface, mm-hmm. um, but it's the, the holes are so small it's considered to be an unfilled product, and it just uh, it just performs very well that way, but that's that's rare
0: okay, so now you said you had ten plus mm-hmm. quarries Correct. do they all have the same kind of stone?
1: no um there's there's all types of different qualities of stone in each in each quarry in each pocket of of the quarry. Uh, some quarries produce many different looks, and um, not only just from the surface, the the, the texturing that we do, uh, antique texture, or a tumbled texture, or brush texture, that changes the look of the stone greatly. Uh, if you polish it, you get a hundred percent color. If you tumble it, you have maybe sixty percent of the body color. So all these little differences change what the stone looks like.
0: What happens when you run out of stone at a quarry?
1: Um, the, when when a quarry goes dry, um, usually the equipment's removed and it goes off to another quarry to be used and open and another becomes,
0: quarry. it becomes, what, a watering hole?
1: It depends on who's operating the quarry. Um, in some cases, the quarries are just large, open open mines that uh, are on a, a property that's maybe several thousand acres. And Is there
0: anything they can do with it? You can't just walk away and leave this huge hole in the ground.
1: It, it depends. Uh, they're not always holes in the ground. A lot of times they're just a face of a... Of a, of a, of a of, of, a a, of a mountain, or so when you're taking it away, there might be a drop off, but there's not actually a pit or a hole. Oh. That's not that's not always the case. Um, it depends on the quarry. So every quarry is different. Some quarries have been uh, open and in existence for hundreds of years, and some quarries might only be open for a year or two. So they're a very small yield.
0: And so where are the quarries that you quarry marble in Mexico? Are they near the travertine or are they hundreds of miles away?
1: Every quarry we have is, is many, many miles away from the other. So we have quarries in northern Mexico, southern Mexico, all near Guatemala almost. We have quarries all over the entire country.
0: And limestone as well?
1: Limestone as well.
0: How interesting. Have you ever gone down there?
1: Not yet. I'm planning to go uh, down later on this year. We are building another factory. So when that factory comes online, I'm going to go down. That's primarily a block processing factory as opposed to a tile producing factory.
0: Oh, wait a minute. Explain that. So your tile... Your block producing, that's where you get your slabs?
1: That's where we get the slabs.
0: Okay. And then you have quarries or you have factories that produce different kinds of tile, different sizes?
1: Correct. So our our main factories right now are turnkey. They do everything. They process block, and they turn it all the way into floor tiles and slabs and mosaics for walls um, with the... With the new factory, our primary focus is to uh, open, up many, open up the visibility for more stones that are in certain pockets around Mexico. There's some, uh, there's some mineral-rich areas of Mexico uh, where there's a lot of quarries, but there's not a lot of processing. So we're setting up a, a central point where we're going to be able to process a lot of block and create a lot of slabs. And then the slabs will get shipped anywhere around Mexico for more processing, or they'll get shipped around the world to different vendors we work with.
0: Oh, Okay. So we should probably, if we didn't mention it already... You do not sell your product to the end user.
1: We do in some cases. Uh, oh, we you do? do. <laughs> we do have end users that reach out to us, and they're doing a remodel project from a home 20 years ago, and they need to match a, a blend of stone. But we are primarily focused on business-to-business relationship. We're primarily here to support kitchen and bath industry. And uh, from occasionally in the local area, especially around Arizona, we it's, it's the, the biggest uh, travertine uh, market in the U.S. So we do have a lot of local clients that come in, and they're dropping a wall and need to, to match some stones. So we do a lot of that type of stuff. With the, But do
0: you sell your product outside of Arizona?
1: Uh, we do. We sell our product all around the world.
0: Oh, wow. So what is the most popular product you have?
1: Um, Year by year, it's travertine. Currently, I would say our limestone products are the most popular uh, due to the gray color tones and the shell patterns that we, we that we show. Um, but as far as overall, we've been in business over 30 years, and travertine is our kind of our bread and butter. It's our main staple.
0: Are you the only company that has your own quarries and then sell your product direct to builders and...
1: In the U.S., we are one of the only, maybe the only, that does that. There are some other quarries in the U.S., granite quarries. There are some limestone quarries. Uh, Being a quarry is different than being a factory. We are both. So we are quarry owners. So what is the
0: difference between a travertine quarry in the United States and one from Mexico?
1: Uh, within the United States, I'm not actually aware of any travertine quarries in the U.S. Well, quite, there might
0: be one someplace. There might
1: be someone. There might be one someplace. Uh, but as far as being a factory and a quarry, um, it depends on what you're making. So we are a series of quarries and a series of factories, and we create slabs, tiles, pavers, and mosaics. So we have a very well-rounded product line. Um, there are factories out there that maybe create just slabs or factories out there that create just a small tile line in a couple sizes. We create all sizes, thicknesses, and dimensions of stone.
0: So most people uh, use standard sizes for their, say, their floor mm-hmm. uh, 12 by 12 or 24 by 24, or even 12 by 24. Correct. But you guys will make any size. If somebody decides they want it 21, by 32
1: we'd make it we do it all the it. time we do it all the time i have a project going right now that's 21 by 30 2 cm thick tile that's a, a match job from a, a home that's local here it's probably built about 15 years ago and the quarry it comes from has been long extinct but we still have block so we've taken block that's about 10 years old and we've produced a, a blend to this to this project, and uh, about a thousand feet of stone. So. so
0: you are unique in the industry. We
1: are very unique in the industry.
0: One of a kind. Mm-hmm. Well, on that note, I think we have to say goodbye.
1: Oh, it's sorry to hear that. We this have is fun. so
0: much information on this podcast that my mind is spinning, and we still had another ten questions to. Uh, I had another ten questions to ask you, and so Nick, you're going to have to come back. And I'm going to have to pick your brain again.
1: I can't wait. Thank you so much. <laughs>
0: yeah. Oh, I just enjoyed this. I mean, you are just a plethora of information. Thank you, Nancy. You're like a dictionary of stone.
1: Unfortunately, that's true. <laughs> yes.
0: <laughs> anyway, I want to thank everybody for listening. Nick, thanks again for coming and have a good Christmas. Thanks
1: again for having me.
0: And thank everybody for listening to this podcast. And I'm sure if you have questions, Nick would love to answer. And you'd have to send the questions to me, and I'll pass them on to him. Don't forget, it's nancy at nancyhugo.com. So please have a happy Christmas, and have a wonderful New Year, and I'll talk to you next time.